Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the Sweet Seats podcast. I'm Kyle Purdy, your host today, joined by Noah Finn, Garrett Leach, and Ben Shadle. Guys, today we're talking about the conference championships for college football, NHL, and a little bit of college college basketball guys let's start off with the conference championships today at 8 p.m we have the uh pac-12 championship between usc and utah what are your guys thoughts about that one gotta be a big one you know they got you got number four usc who's the top four team right now currently would be in the college football playoff if the if the if it came out today uh versus number 11 team the utah Utes. so that's gonna be a big game it's gonna see if uh caleb williams really is the heisman guy or the the guy we think that he where that we think he is and uh, you know it's going to be a real test to see USC. Yeah, and I do want I do want to say this real quick in terms of the Rose Bowl. You you'd think that Utah is one of maybe the lower type teams in the Pac-12, but Utah is a big Rose Bowl team. They were in the Rose Bowl last year against Ohio State. Rose Bowl a couple years previous to that. I mean they're a constant bowl team, and although they might not be a big t- top four team, they're still producing guys. So I want to see what Caleb Williams does against a bowl team. Yeah, Utah did pretty well against USC earlier this year, too. They put up 28 to 38, lost by 10. I mean, like, it was a competitive game, so it'll be exciting to see again. Yeah, and if, like, uh, USC, if they lose, then they're out of the playoffs. So, I mean, if they win, then they have to be locked in. So we got to see what they can put up in this in this match. Yeah, it's Caleb Williams' real first big test, and this is really to see if he's an NFL-tier quarterback like everyone's saying he is. If he can produce in a big game like this, that could really seal the deal in terms of getting into the playoffs to play a team, maybe Georgia, Michigan, some stuff like that. That's a huge That's a huge thing for Caleb Williams to get his rep up. All right, now I want to move on to the Big Ten Championship. We got a Michigan State oh fan in the house with oh uh, Ben. Oh so, Ben, what are your thoughts on this uh, Big Ten Championship game between Michigan and Purdue? Well, I, I do just want to say this first off. Um, with Michigan football, they came out and, and completely shocked me. You know, the game, the game against Ohio State, I did – picked them to win i was the only one in this group to pick them to win you Even picked ohio state <laughs> you, you picked ohio state to win but i i saw their faith and uh i i followed it you know their their rushing attack even though uh blake corm is going to be out it doesn't really matter you know they got one of the best offensive lines if not the best offensive line in the entire college football uh donovan edwards as we saw against ohio state who was a top three team uh just beat the crap out of them you know what i mean just absolutely tore them apart um but i will say Purdue is the team that you have to look out for. You can't overlook Purdue. They have had, in the past, what, four years, they've had three top three upsets, with Michigan State last year being one of them, and then Iowa and also Ohio State in 2018, right? So if you're Michigan, you have to you have to keep on playing well. You know, McCarthy has to play well. I don't think he has to play as good as he did against Ohio State, but you obviously can't overlook this team, this, this, boiling, this yeah. boilermaker team. Yeah, and I will say that also – I thought the same thing last year. I was a bit nervous with Michigan going into the Big Ten Championship game, considering the fact, one, they haven't been in the Big Ten Championship years prior to that because Ohio State kept kicking the crap out of them. And they finally get Ohio State, and they're playing Iowa, a team who is known, again, for their big top ten upsets. Mm-hmm. They upset Michigan a couple years back, knocked them right out of the top ten. And so I was nervous going into that Michigan-Iowa game last year, put it right to him. 42 to 3, defense plays lights out. So I'm hoping the same thing, I'm hoping the same thing happens this year. I would love to see Michigan do the same thing. Definitely. Yeah. And with that, uh news out of the transfer portal, by the way. Former Michigan Mac- quarterback Namara. Cade McNamara speaking of Iowa right. transferred to Iowa University. So I think it'd be really interesting next year to see a possible uh, Michigan and Kane McNamara reunion in the Big Ten Championship game with Michigan versus Iowa if they do make it there again. That'll be a scary game, too, because that with that actual passing attack and offense, the Iowa team is crazy because that defense is absolutely amazing. 
And also, I mean, like, even going into this Big Ten championship game, I wonder how much Michigan would have to lose by to even have a chance of getting knocked out of the playoff picture because that five is Ohio State, who they already beat. So I think it would have to be like a 20-point blowout oh, for them to even have a chance of getting out they're realistically. Yeah, just like that. Just, I mean, Michigan's – they got like a good offense and defense, but the other teams are pretty good too. So, I mean, if they're not able to push through, then – it's all on. It's all what they can do. Like they, we just they, we just saw what they did in that Ohio State game. So if they can do that again, then they should be pretty pretty well set. That's that's the game of a lifetime right there. That's yeah. that's a program changing game. And I know you're already in the top three, but in terms of getting more five stars, in terms of I mean, Kyle, me and you were talking about this. Yeah. They had they had three. What they had three four stars. Ohio State had on a visit for Ohio State at the Michigan game. And then they automatically get them into Michigan immediately right after that game. So if you beat a top three team like Ohio State by that much, they're automatically in. That's that's a huge game for the whole Michigan program. Yeah, and I will say this in terms of the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. Last thing I want to say about, you know, the whole Big Ten here. Mm -hmm. But I do want to say that's a huge game for Ohio State as well. If I know Ryan Day's a great coach and he's going to keep putting up these good records with – with Ohio State, but me and you, again, we talked about this for years prior. If you are a good coach, even though you have a winning record, if you can't win the big rivalry games that fans, like, thrive on, like, having and, like, winning, you – your fans won't appreciate you. That's not – that's not something that you want to have happen. And C.J. Stroud talked about it in his post-game interview. He's going to have to live with the fact that going to the NFL next year, he didn't beat Michigan in his reign with Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Amazing quarterback. Heisman frontrunner. Still did not beat Michigan at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now I want to uh, jump over to the SEC championship game. Guys, mm-hmm. this is a big one. Um, I know LSU lost to Texas A&M last week, so they are pretty much out. They are out. Three-loss team. They're, they're not. Yeah, they're way they're out. 14. Yeah, number 14 overall team. Um, This is still a big game for Georgia because although LSU might not make it, they can kick Georgia back a couple rankings. I won't say, considering the fact that they're undefeated, I cannot say that they'll get out of the top four being a one-loss team, but that could put them at the three or four spot. Definitely. Having Michigan jump up to one, seeing if they win the Big Ten championship, which likely. But, I mean, Michigan being the number one overall team, that paints the picture for the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Georgia, this Georgia team is phenomenal, like last year. Defense, stellar. All you have that many five stars on the team, it's it's incredible what they've done. Um, but he, yeah, I, I think they're going to win this game pretty handily. And even if they do lose, like you said, Kyle, they're not going to get pushed out of the top four. No. Um, they might get bumped down a couple rankings, but because they're in the SEC, which is the number one factor, and because they're undefeated in the SEC, like they're, they're not going to they're not going to get dropped down. No. Yeah. I mean, realistically, like the big effect that this game would have, if Georgia goes in with a loss, like right now, Georgia is the favorite to win it all by a mile. Like their offensive line and defensive line are top three in probably the entire nation, like by themselves. Yeah. And like if Michigan happens to win and Georgia happens to lose, that probably just kicks Georgia to two. I don't see them falling below USC or TCU. But then Michigan is the favorite going in, and like that tide of like momentum can just change so quickly. So, mm-hmm. well, I, I, yeah, I do want to say one thing before yeah. you say anything, Kyle. This year is going to be, in my opinion, one of the biggest years for college football any of us have ever seen. You know, um, prior to this, we saw last year Michigan was a powerhouse, right? Michigan was being everybody. They were looking really, really strong, and then they go into the SEC, uh, not the SEC. They go in and play Georgia in the champ- in the championship semifinals, and they get absolutely smacked. They get played around with. It looks like they're a little league team out there, right? 
Aiden Hutchinson looks like maybe a guy's going to get drafted. Maybe he got bullied by all the Georgia offensive linemen. If Michigan can actually beat Georgia this year, that's that's huge, right? Because SEC has been this this powerhouse conference that's just set themselves apart from every other conference in the entire game. So if Michigan can actually do that, that's that's the biggest part here for me at least. This is the big year for Donovan Edwards to step up, considering the fact that Blake Corum is now out for the year, knee surgery. Having that, clearly there was something structural done with his knee. Um, but yeah, Donovan Edwards, he's he plays for Michigan. He is really good. 22 carries, 216, and two touchdowns against Ohio State. Those are big-time numbers. This is this is the year, if Michigan is going to beat Georgia, this is the year to do it. 100%. This year or next year, considering the fact that we have Corum, have um, Eric McCarthy. All, who's returning, who was out for the year, tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, McCarthy, Edwards, Corum. I mean, those are the big guys. You know, I, Corum's going to leave, though. I don't think he'll stay. Uh, he should. He, he should stay, but I mean, he's got. He's currently a Heisman candidate right now. There's no reason for him to stay. He's got enough. Got enough experience in the he's college the first game. Rounder for sure. Uh, late, um, second or third. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah, touch on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to touch on this a little bit before we move on to the NHL. Um, Kansas State versus TCU, a uh, Big Twelve championship game. Um, I don't see TCU losing this game. No. They're twelve and zero. Their defense. If you've seen them play, they are stellar. And they're an underdog for this. I do see them being an underdog, but like, I just, I just don't see them winning if they make it into the top no. four. I will say real quick, if like, I don't see them losing. But if that game's close, they will 100% get bumped down to four if USC wins. And I would much rather like, even with Michigan and Georgia being close, like if you stack them up next to each other, I would much rather play a Michigan team for a chance to go to the national championship than Georgia. Yeah, so. and the same thing the same thing happened with Cincinnati too. Cincinnati was twelve and zero last year, made it into the top four and got absolutely demoralized by Alabama. I mean, that's that's what's gonna happen against an SEC team. You are a Big Twelve team. Yes, you went undefeated, but you play in probably the worst top five conference yeah. in the league. They are a big five conference, but they're not they're not a very good conference. I mean, they're good, but they're not SEC level, Big Ten level no. type stuff. So, yeah, congrats. You went 12 and 0, played some decent teams on the way there, but you're just you're just not going to win against yep. an SEC team. I don't see that happening. Definitely. So, yeah, uh now I want to move on to the NHL side of things. Um Red Wings played Wednesday night um against the Buffalo Sabres. I don't think they played very well. Um, it was four to one going into the third period. Alex Nedeljkovic, uh, Alex Nedeljkovic, pretty rough night. We did we did come back four four, tied that game up, got a point on the board, did lose in uh, a shootout. And Garrett, before this, I know you want to talk yeah. to me about this. We cannot win in overtime games. We've gone to overtime, I think, eleven times this year. Lost mm-hmm. five. Yeah. yeah, lost five of them, and have lost more in shootouts. Oh, no. I mean, it's unbelievable that our goalies are playing like this in regular time, but as soon as we go to overtime and shootout, they just all their skill goes right out the window. Yeah, no, because like if just a few of those games, like two or three of those, and so much better for the playoff picture, like going the like rest of the season, because this just bumps us down so many spots with five overtime losses. I mean, it's just rough. Um, yeah, in terms of in terms of conference rankings right now, you got Boston at the top of the Atlantic Division. Yeah. Um, Boston's a powerhouse. They are nineteen and three. It's ridiculous. Yeah, if it's anyone crazy. doesn't watch hockey, that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. A hockey team should not have nineteen wins and three losses. The consistency and the skill you have to have to play at that consistency constantly, it's unbelievable. Now Toronto number two. 
beat Detroit on Monday night. Um, they're another powerhouse team. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. I mean, those guys. Those guys are big time players. And Detroit comes in at that four spot behind Tampa Bay. I I see Detroit flirting with that four or five spot all year. So I don't know how that's going to play out in that division. Well, mm-hmm. speaking speaking of, Ma- of the Maple Leafs, they also have four or five, excuse me, overtime losses, like the Red Wings. Yeah. So that's that's a huge thing to look out for as well. Yeah, and they're also on like a five win streak too. If you don't see that, like they might be going somewhere with their team because. Honestly, like five win streak, that's actually crazy. That's the biggest in the East Eastern Conference right now. Like they're they're going somewhere. I think they could probably push up. They might be able to beat Boston. They might be able to get ahead of them. I'm not sure, but they're going somewhere. I like that you brought up win streak because the New Jersey Devils just came off of a 13 game win streak. Again, unbelievable. New Jersey, big guys. Jack Hughes is probably their best player right now. Um, I love what Jack Hughes is doing for that for that team right now, for that franchise. They're putting their name on the map. They're going to be a playoff team. Um, I'd love to see where that goes. Now I want to go to the Western Conference because, Ben, me and you talked about this last year, mm-hmm. considering the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup last year. Um, Colorado comes in at third in the Central Division in the Western Conference. They are 13-7-1. and um, How do you think that the Avalanche are playing right now? I mean they're playing good. They're on a one game win streak right now. They're they're not they're they're not playing up to the level that they should be playing. No. Um they should be in my opinion, they should be the number one team or contending for the number one team right now. But um they just haven't run their stride yet, which a lot of teams haven't and that's that's fine. You're still a little bit early into the season, so you got a lot of time to do it. But if they don't start picking it up soon it could be really uh could be really worried for their fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, championship hangover always hits, but there's al- always time to come back. And, I mean, they're still in a playoff spot, so once you get to the playoffs, you just got to show up just like last year and still have a chance to go. Now, I want to go back to the Red Wings in terms of guys that we picked up and the studs. Our first line, I love our first line. Watching them play and move the puck, it's unbelievable. So right now we have Dylan Larkin, Kubalik, um, David Perron, and Tyler Bertuzzi have been switching with the first line. Um, and at defense, we have Ben or uh, Sherratt and Philip Peronik, who's been switching around. Um, I love these guys. I love the way they move the puck. Philip Peronik, defenseman on a seven-game point streak. For a defenseman, that's unbelievable. I love the way that they're producing right now. And although they may, might not be winning some of these tight games, I still like what we're doing. I like the philosophy. Um, I, just, I just love what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And although – Again, we might not be producing winning games that we should win. Um, I know Arizona Coyotes, that was a really close game. Wanting to shoot out <laughs> yeah. four to three. We should have blown that team out of the water. Um, lower lower tier Western Conference team. I mean, guys like that, I mean, games like that, you you can't hang or you can't let these teams hang in there like that. Yep. Yeah, and like um just like you said, like our shootouts, I think they were doing, been doing decent, like Larkin's actually been holding us on because, I mean, he's got 25 points total. He's got nine goals, 16 assists. Like, he's helping out. He's helping out our team. He's been moving moving the puck around. He's been helping our team get, like, through the defense. I mean, he's just – he's one of the teams, like – he's, like – he got drafted at, what, 18? And he's still good this – like, he came out of college and he's still got the same amount of level that he had his rookie year. Like, he's still as good as he can be. He's playing – full potential I think yeah I mean Larkin Larkin is still in his prime Larkin Larkin like you said um he's an older cat he's he's an older guy he's not as young anymore so you can see how the wheels might fall off there but um another guy I want to touch on Dominic Kubalik who started his first eight games with eight points 
new guy for the Red Wings. Dominic Kubelik has been producing right now. He's got nine goals, 13 assists, total of 22 points. He's a guy that can flirt with Dylan Larkin and be and be a guy like that for the Red Wings. Um, so I, I'd like to see where we go come playoff time. I'd love to make it in as a wild card team. Of course, everybody would love to see the Red Wings go in as a wild card team. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see where we go with that. Yeah. Now, last topic I want to touch on here: college basketball. Ben, this is where you're going to thrive yep. in. Bingo. Ben, what are your thoughts on some college basketball going on let's, right now? Let's start off with a little bit of Michigan State action here. Oh, you know, Kyle. <laughs> um, Michigan State is a great basketball team. We've we've seen them. We've seen how they play against powerhouses like Gonzaga and in Kentucky. And although, you know. Uh, Gonzaga and Kentucky aren't as good this year as they no have depth. been previously. That's the main problem, Kyle. We have we have no depth. Uh, we have right now currently eight players on scholarship right now for Michigan State. Uh, two of them are injured, right? Jaden Atkins and Malik Hall. So that's that's a huge problem for Michigan State right now. Um, if you tuned into the game um, against Notre Dame the other night, around two to three minutes in, you would have seen a walk on a walk on in Jason uh, Jason Winton's play. Uh, another guy, Carson Cooper. We have two walk uh, walk-ons right now that are in our rotation and in our lineup, so that's a huge problem. And I think Tom Izzo sees that now. So the fact that you know that he didn't go out in the portal or he didn't go out and get any other players is a major concern. It's a major uh, weakness and liability right now for the Spartans. And I know we talked about this a few episodes back when me and you Ben were back on the podcast. Um, I talked about North Carolina being a huge powerhouse team. Um, <laughs> I just want to say I'm sorry. I was very incorrect mm-hmm. about that yeah north carolina is number 18 in the country right now dropped 17 mm-hmm. spots in one week worth of rankings caleb love is not producing at the level he should be and that north carolina team like michigan state may not have any depth this year no. i don't i don't like where that team's going this year and out of nowhere houston makes the number one spot they got marcus sasser who's leading the league or not leading the league but leading the team with 18.1 points He's also got 3.3 rebounds with that um, a game and three assists a game. When you have a guy producing like that at that level, I can see why you have, I can see why you're the number one team in the country. They're six and zero right now, so I'd like to see where Houston goes. Um, prove these guys wrong, you know. Well, if you look at, if you look a little bit down further, you see that uh, Duke is 17, North Carolina is 18, Kentucky is 19, and Michigan State's 20. So a lot of blue bloods that have uh, been great in basketball in the past couple of years are struggling this year to start the year off at least. Plus UCLA. Right mm-hmm. under. Plus, yeah, UCLA yeah. right under them. Definitely. Um, a team, a team that I really want to see do well is Texas and Virginia. Virginia just beat Michigan by two a couple days ago. Um, these teams are always going to be in the March Madness. They're always going to be a top sixty-four team because, to be honest, a Big Five school being a top sixty-four team, it's pretty easy. Yeah, it's pretty easy to do. But when you when you set yourself apart for these Big Five schools. It's when you get into the Sweet 16, when you mm-hmm. get into the Elite Eight constantly. Now, I know Houston and Virginia have had some visits previously, um, but you know, yeah, a Michigan team, Michigan shocked you, oh Ben. My goodness. I know they shocked you last year, Ben. Um, sweet or uh, round of 32, or was it the Sweet 16? Round of 32. Yeah, round of 32. Uh, played Tennessee, and we beat them. We yeah. beat Tennessee. I was not expecting to beat no. Tennessee. They were the number eight team in the country at that time mm-hmm. um, when they went into March Madness, and I and I loved what Michigan did in that team, to that team, and Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard is doing good things. Well, and I know yeah. this year with in terms of um, in terms of players and everything, production. Hunter Dickinson, a center, he's not going to win games for you. You have no. to have a guy 
that's gonna he's gonna be your main point scorer. Mm -hmm. And right now, I I see that in Jet Howard. I just don't think he's producing as much as he should be. Well, yeah. So let, let's talk about Michigan for a second. Michigan is um, has a glaring problem right now in basketball, and that is the uh, the fact that they are wildly inconsistent. You know, they they go out and they they compete with a Virginia team who. Uh, is playing really, really well basketball. They're number three in the nation, like you said earlier. But then they go out before that, and they they get blown out by 25 to Arizona State. Like they are they are wildly inconsistent right now, and they need to fix that and turn that around. And to be completely honest with you, if if I tune into a Michigan basketball game for the first time in I don't know three to four years, I don't know everyone in the starting lineup. They have a lot of players who number one came from the transfer portal, but number two aren't playing as well as they should be. You know. Uh, Joey Wentz, who came from Duke, not not shooting the ball as well as he has to be right now. Um, so, like you said earlier, Hunter Dickinson can't carry this team, and Jet Howard is not producing at the level that uh, he should be right now. Yeah, that's and, a very big concern. And like I just said, in terms of production, let's go back to that Virginia game where Michigan lost seventy to sixty-eight. Hunter Dickinson was your leading scorer. He had twenty-three points. Jet Howard behind him with fifteen, and Buffkin uh, with eleven. I I hate seeing a center be your leading scorer. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't be your main production guy. A guy like Jet Howard needs to be averaging at least 17 points a game if you want a guard like that to do something. And, you know, Hunter Dickinson, I love him. He's a big paint player. I mean, we just feed him the rock all game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, against teams like Virginia, against teams like Houston, Texas, when we get into that range of things, I don't think you can do things as easy like that. No, yeah. Like, you can't do that. So I want I want to touch real quickly on uh, on Michigan State. I talked to you about this like an hour or two ago, Kyle. Um, Michigan obviously is really good right now. So is Michigan State. But the thing that I like to look forward to is the future. You know, the future of these basketball programs are really really exciting for Michigan State. Ben, fans, I can't stand talking to you about the future because the future, man, the future is the amazing. Future. This whole this whole philosophy with you about Kyle, you, you know okay, recruiting classes, Dude, I, I you, can't oh do it. I can't do it. You talk, this, you, you talk to me all the time about how great Michigan's recruiting, how in football and basketball, they got five-star this, five-star that. Look, ben, let's take a look ben, at what's Michigan. Ben, what's the first thing you told me this morning? What do you mean? What's the first thing you asked me? What, what, are, your thought, what are my thoughts on what? On the 2023 mm. basketball recruiting class from Michigan State? Is that, is that what's going on with the recruiting class, Ben? You, you, you want me to talk about it? I will Let's go in depth class. right now for you. Right now we have four players in, oh uh, in, in, this, in this recruiting class. We're ranked number three in the nation, only behind Duke and Kentucky. Um, let, let me give you uh, this according to 247 Sports. We're ranked number three right now. We have uh, Senator Xavier Booker, five-star. He's number three in the nation. <laughs> Uh, so the fact that we have one five star and three four stars is something that's really exciting for this uh, this this team this program in the future, and it shows that Tom Izzo still has it in terms of recruiting, which is something that was a big question mark for yeah, all of us. Yeah, and I know you give you stuff. I know I give you stuff for that a lot, Ben. But I mean, you guys do have a very good Michigan State recruiting class for 2023, and I'd like to see what those guys do. Hopefully, you don't have any more walk-on freshmen doing anything. Oh boy. <laughs> nope. All right, all right. <laughs> I know this little side tour has been fun, but we got to wrap this up today. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to episode six of the Sweet Seats Podcast. I'm Kyle Purdy, joined by Noah Finn, Garrett Leach, and Ben Shadel. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs>